National League Championship. They have beaten the Padres 4-3, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies of the 
really from the start of the season to the end of the season, so many tough losses, so many times where you had players in slumps and you couldn't figure it out for for just such long stretches of of time this season, this team did not look like it was a a playoff contender. But uh, here in late September, on September 26, 2023, this team is playing as well as any team in baseball right now. And and Johan Rojas, what what a he, what a heroic moment for a young kid who no one expected to see at the big league level this year. I think people would have been surprised if he got promoted to Lehigh Valley at some point this season. And yet, when the Phillies were looking for some outfield help, were looking for a little bit of defense out in center field when Christian when um, uh, Christian Pache was on the injured list and Brandon Marsh had to go on the injured list, Johan Rojas gets the call. And, and we, of course, had heard so much about Rojas's defense from down in the minor leagues, how he was the best defensive center fielder in the minors. He comes up to the majors and you can see why. He provided instant value in run prevention playing center field. Just the way he can, the way he can move around out there is just different. It, it's different than, than everybody else. He's, he's a Kevin Kiermeyer out there. He really is. But Rojas was able to contribute a little bit with the bat this year. After the game here on Tuesday night with that RBI single up the middle, he never walks. 3.3% walk rate, 26.3% strikeout rate. I mean, if you're looking long-term, these are numbers that need to change if he's going to be a successful major league hitter. But hitting 304 in 152 plate appearances with a 342 on base percentage and a 428 slugging percentage. Uh, weighted runs created of 109 for this guy. Two home runs, 21 runs scored, 22 RBIs, 14 stolen bases uh, in these 152 plate appearances for him. So um, has given the team 1.2 wins above replacement in 55 games. Just a, a tremendous call up. And really hasn't shrunk from the limelight at all. And and tonight, you know, he gets down 2-2 to David Bednar, who is one of the best closers in baseball. But that zombie runner on second rule, which is going away in the playoffs, benefited the Phillies here uh, in the 10th inning on Tuesday night in this clincher. And all you needed was a ground ball to find its way into the outfield. And that's all Johan Rojas did. A, a five hopper up the middle, but uh, it was hit to where they ain't. And uh, by the time it uh, got to the center fielder, Pache was already rounding third base and there was no chance of throwing him out. So Rojas becomes the hero. This young kid likes to unbutton his shirt all the way down, tutored by Nick Castellanos. I mean, it's just, it's a great story, a great moment for Rojas and a great moment for the Phillies. And his name will go down in Phillies history now. This will be, this is one of the most memorable hits in Phillies history. We've never had a player clinch a playoff spot with a walk-off hit before, Johan Rojas, the first to do it. So congratulations to Rojas. Just a really cool moment for him. Uh, Want to talk about some other heroes from this game on Tuesday night. Jeff Hoffman, who has been, what a discovery he's been in the bullpen this year. In a, in a year when Sir Anthony Dominguez has really struggled, Jeff Hoffman has been the Sir Anthony Dominguez that this team needed over the last two months. He entered the 10th inning with the score tied 2-2 and the zombie runner on second, but Hoffman did not allow that zombie runner to score. Uh, he walked the first batter that he faced and then struck out the next two on some nasty sliders and then uh, got a softly hit line out to shortstop to get out of the inning. And he was pumped. He was absolutely fired up after getting uh, out of that inning and uh, giving the Phillies. And when, when you when Hoffman got out of that inning, I think you could all, everybody could just kind of sense the Phillies were going to win it in the 10th. Like, it just, it wasn't going to go on much longer. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Brandon Marsh didn't try to lay down a bunt 
uh, with one out in with nobody out in the bottom of the tenth to get Christian Pache over to third base. But it worked out in the end. Uh, but Brandon Marsh struck out swinging against David Bednar in the bottom of the 10th inning. Bednar's really, really good. Uh, so really credit uh, Ho- Johan Rojas for getting that hit. But uh, Jeff Hoffman with a man's win in the 10th inning. He gets credited with the victory, and boy, did he earn it. We've also got to talk about Aaron Olaf, who for the second straight year in a playoff clinching game shoved in a big, big way, limiting the Pirates to just one earned run, Uh, on four hits in six and two-thirds innings, struck out eight batters, didn't walk anyone. And before anybody says anything about it being, oh, it's the Pirates, Arenola has struggled against the good teams and the bad teams this year. It really hasn't mattered what you could just, in the eye test in these last two games against Atlanta and here against Pittsburgh, Nola has just looked better. In his last two starts combined, 12 and two-thirds innings, three earned runs allowed, 10 hits. Here's the most important thing. 16 strikeouts and zero walks. Now that is Aaron Nola. That is the Aaron Nola we have come to know over the years. He gets strikeouts and doesn't walk anybody. And he gave up a home run tonight, but you know, a solo home run isn't a big deal. It's the three run home runs that'll kill you. But when you don't put guys on base via the walk, you can't, it's really hard to get burned by a multi run home run. And 16 to nothing strikeout to walk ratio over his last two starts. What, what a time of year, if Nola is figuring something out here, what a time of year for it to happen. What timing? I think Liz asked us the question a couple of weeks ago if, if Nola has a good playoffs. Like if he's if he pitches like this in the postseason, does what does that mean for him coming back to Philadelphia? Would the Phillies want him back more? Might they be willing to give him more money? Would it mean that another team would be willing to give him more money? I know there's a lot of talk about the Cardinals and Arenola, but uh, all I know is that if they get this Arenola in the playoffs, if they get this Arenola in Game Two, all of a sudden this team gets scary dangerous because you've got Zach Wheeler in Game One and Arenola in Game Two. We saw what happened at the beginning of last postseason when both of those guys were rolling. It's how they were able to beat the Cardinals. Because remember, those were low-scoring games. The only way they beat the Cardinals is Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola owning that St. Louis lineup. And then in the Braves series, Zach Wheeler lost game two, but pitched great in that game. And then Aaron Nola comes out and uh, and I think it was uh, wins game three at Citizens Bank Park that day. So, I mean, just, uh, you know, th- if, he can, if he can figure it out heading into the playoffs... What an amazing thing that would be, because right now with Aranola, you're just kind of, I think we were kind of anticipating going into the playoffs, just kind of, you know, holding our, crossing our fingers and holding our breath and just hoping that he can make it through a playoff game without having a blow up inning. Last two starts, avoided the blowout inning, 16 strikeouts, no walks. Uh, what a time it would be for Aranola to turn his season around. Now for a good long while in this game, it didn't look too promising for the Phillies. Uh, you know, it was there were no hit through the first five innings of this game. Um, it, it was it was they were looking pretty rough. Some pretty quick innings. Mitch Keller had their number in this one. Uh, had a four has a four point two one ERA on the season. So has some has better numbers than than Aaron Ola, To be perfectly honest with you, and um, was holding the Phillies down through the first five innings. But then Brandon Marsh comes up. I know he struck out in the bottom of the tenth against David Bednar, but got the Phillies on the board and broke up the no hitter at the same time with a leadoff solo home run in the sixth inning. Um, Keller got into some more trouble there in the uh, in the sixth, and uh, the the Phillies uh, got another run on a Bryce Harper 
Harper's sacrifice fly to give them a two to nothing lead. Uh, the Pirates, to their credit, answered right back in the uh, in the seventh inning uh, and eighth inning with solo home runs, one off of Nola and one off of Craig Kimbrell, uh, and we went to extra innings tied 2-2. Jose Alvarado had another fantastic outing in this one in the ninth inning, keeping the Pirates off the board. The Phillies had a chance to win it in a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth, but Nick Castellanos struck out uh, with runners on first and third and two out. But uh, what a great game. What a, what a great, tense baseball game. Credit to the Pirates. They, they played really hard. Uh, but the Phillies, in the end, clinch their second straight playoff spot and will be able to defend their National League pennant starting next Tuesday. They will host the uh, Diamondbacks or the Marlins or the Cubs more than likely uh, in game one of the wild card series. And it's a good, it's a good opportunity for us to just kind of take a look back at this 2023 season real quick from, from where things started to where we have ended up now with five games left in the season, nothing left to play for the Phillies have clinched everything they need to clinch. And now we'll just get the team ready for another red October. We go back to spring training, just feeling the vibes of this team, that the vibes coming off of this team were feeling so good. Everything was rolling. You know, Trey Turner is in the World Baseball Classic, destroying baseballs. Kyle Schwarber and JT Rail Muto are there. Uh, everybody's feeling really good in the spring. But then right towards the end of spring training, you felt like the first, the first little bit of a black cloud roll in overhead when Reese Hoskins tore his ACL, ending his season, essentially. Uh, I know there's been some reports over the last couple of days. Uh, actually, it was Rob Thompson who mentioned uh, before the game on Tuesday that Hoskins is swinging a bat. His power is coming back a little bit in batting practice. They feel like if they get to the World Series, that's the time, that's the opportunity, that's the chance he may have to contribute in some way to this team. But it was an ominous start to the season when Hoskins tore his ACL, and it didn't get any better on opening day. We remember, remember the Phillies blew a five nothing lead to Jacob Degrom on opening day. Aaron Nola giving it up, and then the bullpen just an unmitigated disaster in the season's first week. In fact, uh, remember the Phillies lost their first four games. They were swept by the Rangers in Texas, and then lost the first game in Yankee Stadium by a combined score of 37 to 12 in their first four games and ended up starting the season one and five, losing that series to the Yankees in New York. This, of course, was all happening as Bryce Harper missed the first month of the season as he recovered from Tommy John surgery. But all that speculation about, you know, we kept getting these little tea leaves dropped at us. You know, he's well ahead of schedule, always really ahead of schedule. And remember, um, yours truly uh, predicted him to come back way earlier than anybody else was just based on what the team was telling us. And of course, he surprised everybody by returning on May 2nd. But of course, we also remember Harper then uh, engaged in a month-long power drought where he just wasn't able to hit any home runs, which we all knew was because he was coming back, because he came back so soon. We knew there was going to be an adjustment period, and there was with Bryce Harper. And he, he was still doing other good things, just not hitting any home runs. May 14th, you remember Harper got into it with uh, some some Rockies players. He yelled at somebody, uh, you're a loser organization after they got into a, a little bit of a, it wasn't a brawl, but a, a shoving match against the Rockies in, in Colorado. I totally forgot that that happened this year. On May 26th, Craig Kimbrell earned his 400th save in Atlanta. On June 9th, Kyle Schwarber hit a walk-off home run against the Dodgers at home, their second walk-off win in a row. The Phillies, at one point in June and July, won 13 straight games on the road, a franchise record. I had totally forgotten that JT Realmuto hit for the cycle 
back on June 12th in Miami, the first since David Bell in 2004. Nick Castellanos and Craig Kimbrell were the Phillies' all-star representatives. Castellanos making the team, bouncing back from last year's debacle, the most consistent offensive player in the first half of the season. What a turnaround season Nick Castellanos has had. At the trade deadline, the Phillies did not go get an outfielder like we all thought they would. Instead, getting Michael Lorenzen and Rodolfo Castro, uh, Bailey Falter was traded away from the team. And that was one of the sad things. Bailey Falter on the Pirates now, sitting in the visitors' clubhouse as the Phillies were celebrating, watching. I mean, just, that's sad. You know, let, let, let the guy come out and celebrate with you for a little while. Felt so bad for the guy as he sat there crestfallen watching his former teammates celebrate at Citizens Bank Park here on Tuesday night. On August 4th, maybe the turning point of the season, certainly the turning point of Trey Turner's season, the standing ovation uh, during that uh, during that Royal Series with that completely turned Trey Turner's season around. One of the most special nights of the season on August 9th as uh, Nick Castellanos hit two home runs, one of them his 200th of his career. Weston Wilson, after spending eight years in the minor leagues, gets his first big league at bat and hits a home run with his father crying in the stands. And then more tears were shed as Michael Lorenzen, in his first home start with the Phillies, his second start in a Phillies uniform, throws a no-hitter with his wife and his baby girl and mother in the stands cheering him on. Liam Castellanos running over to their section, giving them high fives. That was one of the most special nights in Philly's history. Just a tremendous evening of baseball. Uh, Trey Turner hits a hits a walk-off hit against the Giants uh, at the end of August, continuing his ridiculous run. Uh, remember, August 30th, Bryce Harper hits home run number 300 in dramatic fashion against the Angels. Came out of nowhere. You know, this is during a time when the Phillies were just hitting home runs left and right, coming back from deficits late in games. The Angels had them dead and buried, a two-run lead in the eighth inning, and then with two outs, Bryce Harper hits a go-ahead three-run home run. Of course, the Phillies ended up blowing that lead in an absolutely heartbreaking game, and there were so many of those games in such a short stretch during late August, early September, where the Phillies had these dramatic late home runs. I mean, we, we remember Trey Turner hit one in Milwaukee. Uh, there was one against the Giants, another one hit by Harper. Trey Turner had another home run uh, that was essentially negated uh, because the bullpen couldn't couldn't protect the tie or couldn't protect the lead. And just so many crushing losses there. But again, it doesn't really matter. It didn't cost them the division. It didn't cost them the top wild card spot. Here they are. And I guess maybe that's important for us to remember as we're going through the ups and downs of a long season. When you have a when you have a good team like the Phillies, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to destroy your season. It's just one game. As hard as it is for fans to take, as brutal as some of those losses can be, think about think about right now all the brutal losses we endured this season that the Phillies put us through. And at the end of the day, did any of them really matter? They they kind of didn't because the Phillies also won a bunch of games in dramatic fashion. And at the end of the day, a lot of these things definitely kind of cancel each other out, as was the case with this dramatic Bryce Harper home run number 300 on August 30th. The Phillies had 59 home runs in August, by the way, uh, a club record. And then, of course, you had that game uh, last week in Atlanta, uh, that series 
clinching game against uh, against the Braves with Nick Castellanos going into foul ground, uh, catching that foul pop, and then uh, throwing uh, Luke Williams out at home. Bryson Stott hitting the two-run double to left field in extra innings to give the Phillies the series win in Atlanta. And then, of course, the walk-off playoff clincher from Johan Rojas here on Tuesday night. This has been a this has been another magical season. We're going to look back on this season and it's going to be one of one of the great seasons that that we will that we will remember that we will look back on. So many amazing moments by this 2023 Phillies and we haven't even gotten to playoff baseball yet. I hope so much that this team gives us something close to what we saw last year. I don't know that we can expect another World Series run, even though I think this team is better than the 2022 version. And I don't necessarily think the National League is any stronger this year than it was last year. We've talked about the Braves are going to go into the playoffs, into the division series with some pitching issues. They can hit, they can blot out the sun with home runs, but Max Fried is going to be making his first start since coming off the injured list against whoever wins the wildcard series between the Phillies and whoever they play. So there's some uncertainty there. Charlie Morton won't pitch at all in the National League Division Series. So the Braves have some issues in their first in their first round, the ENLDS. Now the Phillies have to take care of business in the wild card round. And we have to remember the Phillies went into St. Louis last year as a severe underdog and took the first two games. Could very easily happen to them this time around if they're not careful. But I I do think the Phillies are significantly better than the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, or the Marlins. And those are the three most likely teams that they would play. The Reds are still kind of, they still have a chance. But, but the way those teams are playing, they are they are backing into the playoffs, whereas the Phillies are surging. Again, in October, I don't know how much that means. I'm hoping it means something. But the Phillies kind of backed in last year and then went into St. Louis and figured it out. But you look at the roster, I think this Phillies roster is really good. I saw a couple different um, uh, power rankings have the Phillies at five, six, seven, and I think that's accurate. I think, and especially if they get they get this kind of performance from Aranola, all bets are off in the playoffs. And I just, I hope this red October is as fun as last year's. I hope we get as as many fun moments and we get as, as deep a run as we did last year. I'm trying to guard my heart against expecting that. But I gotta say that I am, because I do. I do think this team really has something special, and it's a special group. And you could see it as they were celebrating in the clubhouse. Garrett Stubbs with the overalls, dancing to. Um, they brought back "Dancing on My Own." That was playing in the clubhouse, and everybody was singing along to that song. They had some share going on. You know, you just all those guys are lunatics. Uh, they're they're wild men. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a brilliant press conference, or not a press conference, a brilliant interview with Tom McCarthy in the clubhouse after the game. You guys should all go online and check that out. Um, but just uh, so many so many interesting guys on this team. They all love each other. The fans love this team. It's truly a special connection that I think we've developed with this baseball team. We like these guys. It's not just that we root for them. They seem to be a team full of likable guys, a team full of winners now. It's amazing the transformation this team has made since September of last year to September of this year. Like this team, this is a group of established winners and these young guys are coming up and they're getting they're getting brought up in this culture of winning. And don't think that that's a small thing because it isn't. It's a very big thing for a guy like Johan Rojas 
for Jeff Hoffman, for Christian Pache, even for guys like Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm. All they've ever known at the big league level now is winning. Brandon Marsh, too. They know how to, they've learned how to win. Doesn't mean they're going to win every series from here on out. But it also doesn't mean that they can't, because they can. And I got to say, there is no team in baseball right now that scares me. The Braves don't scare me. The way the Phillies have played the Braves and the way the Phillies can match up with them, homer for homer, starting pitcher for starting pitcher, the Braves do not scare me. The Dodgers do not scare me. None of the wildcard teams scare me. Of all the teams in the National League that probably scare me the most, I've got maybe the Brewers with that starting pitching. None of these other teams scare me. And I guarantee you the Phillies scare other teams. They went on that run last year. You know that they know that they can do it again. And I hope as a fan base, we get another fun trip through Red October, taking us deep into Red November. What what a special thing that would be. But anyway, we got a very special game here on Tuesday night. Johan Rojas walks it off as the Phillies clinch a playoff berth, a wild card berth, the top wild card spot, the number four seed in the National League, second straight year after an 11 year drought that the Phillies are going to the postseason. So kick back and watch the backup players in these last five games. Uh, watch some of these. Uh, watch some. Watch. You're going to get a lot of Orion Kirkering here this week. Uh, you'll probably get uh, Michael Lorenzen start at some point here uh, during the course of this week. Just kick back and relax and watch some stress-free Phillies baseball here as we get ready for what will be hopefully a long and fun but stressful month of baseball in red October. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Hit and Season. And thank you all once again for joining all of us here on this podcast, for joining us at Billy Penn and WHYY, for, and Justin and Liz as we've taken you through this regular season, taking you through this journey that the Phillies have led us on, culminating in yet another playoff berth. And we are excited to uh, continue to bring this podcast to you throughout the postseason. And We'll do like we did last year. We'll do post-game podcasts uh, so that we can either revel in the victories together or commiserate in the defeats. But either way, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here over the course of these next few weeks. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hidden Season. Hit and Season.